Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And a quick shout out to one of our patrons, Katya, which, spoiler, she's our friend. We've talked about her a lot on this podcast. Uh, yes. And we've, uh, I literally had to t- tell her like seven times to sign up. She finally did. What did her in was the Firefly Lane series that we're doing right. on um, the Patreon uh, for our $3 subscribers, because she just re- read the book, and apparently it destroyed her. <laughs> so she wanted to watch the series, and uh, so now she's listening along. She has thoughts, just like we do. Yes. Uh, and this week, we are covering The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I have titled this one, We Are Infinite. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I thought it was very, like, you know, encom- what is that word? All-encompassing? Yes, that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the book was originally published February 1st, 1999, and it's written by Stephen Chbosky. Yeah, it's not fun. We can't pronounce names, is it, Roche? <laughs> I'm going to go with Chbosky. <laughs> um, it has a Goodreads rating of 4.2 out of 5, and it's 213 pages. Nice and short. Yes. <laughs> nice and short, but I will probably say this multiple times. It took me a very, very long time to get through this book because it is very boring. Yeah. That's very, fair. very boring. Um, and I actually... Actually, after watching the movie, I hate the book even more, and I will tell you why later. Oh, I, Anyways, I look forward to that. Yes. Uh, the movie came out in 2012. It's rated PG-13. It's a drama romance, an hour and 43 minutes long, and it's actually directed by Stephen Chbosky, um, who wrote the book. Uh, he actually also screen wrote this movie as well. Um, he also screen wrote Beauty and the Beast, uh, the TV show Jericho, and the movie Rent. Cool. But this is like one of this is probably his biggest like directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting. This is the first time we've done an author who's been the director. Yeah, which we'll get into it. Obviously, um, goes to show when you direct your own book, chances are you're gonna leave a lot of the same stuff in there. Yes. <laughs> so the IMDb synopsis reads: An introvert freshman is taken under the wings of two seniors who welcome him to the real world. Okay, I saw that on IMDb, and I was like, after figuring out what this freaking story was actually mm-hmm. about. I was like, that's the worst description. A hundred percent. But I feel like any other description would have kind of given things away. And I think the whole point is to like the, the build up to, to what happens in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm curious, like who puts these IMDb synopsis sees together? <laughs> like, is it someone like someone just within IMDb watches the movie and then does a little recap probably or, or maybe the studio offers it to them well, I don't that's know. terrible if the studio did <laughs> yeah i don't know so some fun facts um Chbosky, i'm just gonna call him steven yeah. the author steven um took five years to develop and publish the, the book um incorpor- he incorporated both fictional ideas and personal experiences to the novel making it semi-autobiographical the story began when Stephen was in school, um, and it evolved from another book on he, which he was working. Uh, in that book, he wrote the sentence, I guess that's just one of the perks of being a wallflower, which led him to realize that like somewhere in that was you know, the story that he was trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the book uh, has been banned in some American schools for its difficult content, which understandable. Um, and it the film actually boosted the novel's sales, um, and the book reached the New York Times bestseller list once this book or the movie came out. So prior to that, it wasn't mm-hmm. as widely known, but the the movie you know did its job and yeah. got it in front of more people. 
I will say if if you guys have not read and watched this film, like if this is just you're just listening for fun for this one, watch the movie first. That's fair. Because I think the book will make a lot more sense. Yeah. If you know, like... That's fair, because that's what yeah. I did, because I had seen the movie already, and then mm-hmm. I read the book. So yeah, I, so I can agree with that. we'll have to share my opinion since I did it opposite, because yeah. I'm very upset about the, whole, <laughs> about the whole thing. Fair enough. Uh, so the movie has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually really good. Uh, the budget was only $13 million, but it only grossed worldwide $33 million. Uh, I think that this is one of those ones that... It's not going to be a huge box office hit, right. but it's going to be more of a word of mouth type movie. That's fair. Um, but I got very, a lot of like 13 reasons why type, like just like the vibe mm-hmm. of this movie and stuff. And I felt like this movie was almost like before it's time. Like this would have been a great series on Netflix. Totally. Like, I can see that way more than, like, yeah. the movie itself. There's actually a podcast that I listen to um, that that uh, covers movies. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that they ask at the end of the uh, podcast is, like, would this work as a series? Because mm-hmm. um, they do some of the older style um, yeah. sh- uh, movies. And I love that because a lot of the times yeah. certain movies would be great. Like, this one yeah. would be great as a series. So yeah. And fun. I feel like there's some series that should just be movies. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, So according to an interview, uh, the director said, uh, let me go back and preface this before I say this. So a lot of the actors that we'll talk about here in a few minutes um, have been actors since they were very young. They grew up almost child star-ish. And so the director said that watching uh, some of these actors actually be able to have a high school experience, like going to prom and like their first days of schools, which most of these kids never even went to mm-hmm. real school, was a really cool experience for him to, to cool. watch. And he felt like he took it for granted because he did have those normal experiences. Right. And these kids had a really good time That's pretending. Like you don't they, think about stuff like that, that they yeah. don't get those normal experiences that the rest of us have. Yeah. So John Hughes, who is the writer of... Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Breakfast Club, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles actually had bought the rights to this film with the intention of writing and directing it himself. However, he passed away before um, he was able to do that. But he he actually intended that the film was going to be more of a dark comedy, and it was supposed to star um, Shia LaBeouf and Kirsten Dunst. What? Yeah, those were going to be the two leads, which I thought was like... That's interesting. I, not exactly what I would have thought. No, I, it would have been interesting to see him write and direct it, but I don't know that those actors would have worked in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> but I guess he never completed the script before he passed away, and because of that, the film was able to be revived by the original author, and he was able to write it and direct it himself. Hmm. So I guess you have to finish something in order to have the full rights to it. Oh, that's not sure. Uh, so in the book, one of the big differences is that Patrick and uh, Mary Elizabeth are basically chain smokers. And Charlie smokes a ton in this mm-hmm. as well. They actually ended up removing that from the film to help it get its PG-13 rating. Because oh, I guess yeah. that's something that goes along with how they rate movies. So I was wondering why it got left out. I could see that because, I mean, obviously they don't want youth to, you know, see Mm -hmm. that in the types of movies that they watch. Um, Along that same lines, one, uh, a deleted scene that was actually filmed, um, which happens in the book, is the scene where 
Charlie's sister Candace gets pregnant Mm -hmm. and she goes and has the abortion that they actually film that. But if they would have kept that in the movie, I guess it would have made it a rated R movie at this time. So they ended up taking it out, but it can be found on the um, special features on the DVD. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't watch it because I didn't know it till after I watched the movie, but, um, but I thought that that was probably okay. It was kind of one of those side things, I think. And I mean, yeah, like his sister is, is pretty prevalent in the book, but mm-hmm. not so much as a main character. Yeah. So I don't know that we lost anything necessarily. Right. So the cast of the movie is kind of crazy. Like there's some really heavy hitters in here. So we'll start with Charlie, who is the main character of this story. He is the wallflower. It's played by uh, Logan Lerman. And he is Percy Jackson. Ah, yeah, that's and, where I know and him he from. and he also is Jonah in the TV series Hunters, which uh, is fabulous. Have you watched it? I tried to watch it's it. It's so good. I couldn't get into it. It's so good. It has Al Pacino in it. I know, but like, yeah, no. But anyway, so he's the he's the main character, and he's a lot, he's a lot more, older. Yeah, he's yeah. a lot more grown up. Uh, going back to the thirteen reasons why thing, I could have, I would have loved him way more than the kid that plays the main character in Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh, yeah, he's a little whiny. Yeah, like, don't you feel like he, <laughs> Logan would have been, like, perfect for that role? Yeah, if it was, like, back when he was a yeah. teenager. Yeah, which I think at this age, in this movie, that's what Where he would he have was. been in. Yeah. But, yeah, he was. I thought he was great. Uh, so Sam, who is becomes one of Charlie's best friends and, I guess, love interest, is played by none other Emma Watson. <laughs> uh, we know her obviously as Hermione and Belle from Beauty and the Beast. This was actually her very first major role post Harry Potter. Uh, and Emma Watson actually said that she took this film only because the director told her that not only was this going to be one of the most important parts she would ever play, she was going to have a really fun summer and she would meet some of the one of her some of her best friends and later she ended up reporting that the claim was true cuz i guess all of the actors around the same age shared uh like a dorm together huh. the whole summer when they filmed that's impressive that a, a director can promise something like that not knowing if like they're going to get along or anything like that <laughs> well evidently he was right <laughs> um i personally think that um a she was great in this mm-hmm. and b she has done a great job of kind of elevating her um, her status, I guess, as an actress post Harry Potter. Right. I think she's done a great job. Of I think that. what she's done that I think some of the other Harry Potter character or actors have struggled with is not playing that like cheeky character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some more like hard hitting. like Yeah, stuff, like yeah. that. Like, you know, you've seen Daniel Radcliffe and a couple other things. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think she plays like more like they you don't you don't see her as. Hermione, you see her as this whatever character she's taken on. So Patrick, who is Sam's stepbrother and also one of Charlie's best friends in this film, is played by Ezra Miller, who is the Flash in the DC movies. Or not in the movies, not the series on TV. It's a different guy. Oh my gosh, Anyways, so many things. <laughs> uh, and he also is in all the Fantastic Beast movies and is is scheduled to play in the ones coming up as well. What is who is he? In I Hedges knew you were going to ask me. His last name is like Cheekbone or something like that. I'm trying to like visualize him. 
I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Ray pulled it out right. He's like, oh yeah, and he's in fa- Fantastic Beasts. That's because Beast. Ray has like incredibly know. useless knowledge about all movies. I know. <laughs> uh, they said that Ezra actually auditioned um, originally over Skype, and he was so charismatic in the interview that they casted him within five hours of the of the audition. I love that. He's so cute. He was perfect. He's. <laughs> yeah. Great, and he's great as the Flash too. In in DC, uh, he is just very charismatic, and mm-hmm. I think he's he plays this like kind of quirky character very yeah. well, which is kind of really all I've seen him in for the most part. But I thought he was great. Yeah. So Candace, which is Charlie's sister, is played by Nina Dobriv, uh, obviously famously known as Elena Gilbert from The Vampire Diaries. And I was actually surprised this film was actually right in the middle of the Vampire Diaries hoopla. Like, I thought it would have been before or after, but it was, like, right in the middle of all of it. She does... Well, they try to kind of dress her down to be a little bit more um, younger looking in this movie. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably why she doesn't look similar to her character. I mean, she's supposed to be a teenager in Vampire Diaries. Is she really? Yeah, they all are. They're all in high school. I didn't watch that show. Uh, But before Vampire Diaries and this, obviously, she uh, played in Degrassi Next Generation as well. So I... Canadian. Yep. I really like her. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's a little serious in every single character she ever plays. Um, Interesting. But I really like her. I I haven't seen her in too many things. Um, She's very moody, just like in every like this like the type of yeah. character she is here is kind of well, she how kind she of reminds is. me of which I know you haven't seen this so you can't relate but um she reminds me of Joey from Dawson's Creek mm. um she has that like neck girl next door look to her yeah um and Joey's similar like her character was very like brooding well and, and that's like, yeah that's yeah. what she is in Vampire Diaries mm-hmm. she, she was also in the in the Drake video when he brought all the Degrassi <laughs> kids back uh but yeah the Candace character in this we don't get as much from her in the film as we do in the book um she's dating ponytail Derek, who's just (laughs) i didn't not mention him here but he's seen him before (laughs) but like i don't know why they did that to this character it was so weird but anyway so charlie and candace's dad is played by dylan mcdermott who i love yeah uh yeah uh he's gonna be in the upcoming new law and order organized crime uh show that's coming out this year he was also in american horror story and he was in the practice that was kind of where he got his he is great big in break. american horror story yeah he's in the original one yeah season one is the best season right. by far um, yeah you can fight me on that i will always win um and that yeah he's just great in that he, he, he's very good at like the, obviously this role's not like that but he's very good at that like weird like you're not sure if you like him or you yeah. should be scared of him <laughs> he's one of those actors like when you see him in a film it like legitimizes the film i don't know if that makes sense yeah. like you're like all right dylan mcdermott's not gonna do something that's awful <laughs> you know what i mean there's just there's actors that will yeah. do that you know so i trust him that's fair <laughs> uh but again we d- i actually didn't picture him though as this character we get a lot more of the dad mm. in in the book but the dad seems very um i don't know how to say this right but like that generation type dad in yeah. the book where he's just not very involved with his family, just kind of is more interested in what's on the TV yeah, and just kind of, but the movie dad is more involved, I guess you should say. Or there's so little of him that we think. True. <laughs> True. Uh, on the flip side, uh, Charlie and Candace's dad or mom is played by Kate Walsh, who again, love her. Uh, we know her obviously, but as Addison Shepard from Grey's Anatomy and private practice, she was also in 13 reasons why as, um, the mom of Hannah. 
of which she's great in as yes. well. This is, I mean, this is basically the same role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was also in Emily in Paris, the I Netflix know. show that we just watched. I really liked her in that. I didn't yeah. think I would. Um, that show in general is just so, it's it's cheeky. It's, you yeah. know, cliche, but it's actually a really fun one. If you uh, and she's also in one of my other very favorite series lately, The Umbrella Academy. That's yeah, right. So. She's a very different role in that. Yeah. Line. She has, um, uh, what's her name from the Hunger Games? The one who dresses up kind of. Oh, yeah. Like, that's um, the vibe she gives in the Umbrella but Academy. way, like, more mean. Oh, like, yeah. She, yeah. like, is not nice at all. <laughs> but I love her in that. Uh, but, I mean, again, the mom role in this is. Yeah. You could have casted anyone because there wasn't really any point to it. Uh, Mr. Anderson, who goes more by the name Bill, Bill mm-hmm. in the book, uh, is the English teacher at their school and is played by Paul Rudd. The uh, man who does not age. Right. I mean, he looks the same. <laughs> Literally. Uh, we know him as Ant-Man. He's in I Love You Man, Anchorman, all the mans. <laughs> uh, role models knocked up and he's going to be in the new Ghostbusters coming out this year. Um, and he's in the State Farm commercial with Drake. That's right. Mm-hmm. And As, he's also in Friends. Yes. And <laughs> he's a University of Kansas alumni. Oh. Uh, just like me. Uh, I love Paul Rudd. I, this character, yeah. they took a lot away from this from this character. He was but. still like that, like, friendly teacher yeah. with that, that warm heart. I, I, I still got that vibe, which is what the I liked him more in the film because, like, it was almost like in the book, I was like, waiting for the shoe to drop with them with mm. him when you're trying to figure out what this book is about yeah. i'm like all right is this gonna go like weird with the teacher yeah. like where is this going so i was glad it didn't fair <laughs> but, I, I liked him in the movie i think i like the character more in the book though yeah it's just more you know you die you di- dive more into it and kind of learn a little bit more about yeah. the relationship um and then mary elizabeth who is kind of one of the other friends in in this story is played by Mae Whitman and I love her in the show Good Girls. She mm, is I don't watch that. She's her <laughs> character in that show is so great. Um she's also in The Duff, uh Parenthood, and she actually got her start when she was really really little doing voice work. Uh and she's just done a ton of like different cartoon type voice work, so. Interesting. Uh again, not really what I pictured for this character from the book, yeah. but I know she was supposed to be a little rough around the edges, but I don't, it just, I thought she was way more kind of punk in the, in the movie than I (laughs) pictured her when I was reading the book. That's fair. I think, I think that what they were trying to go for is because in the book or her character in the book is very much like feminist, like, you know, F Mm -hmm. everybody else, like I'm going to do me. And like, that was their interpretation of it, I guess. It didn't really hit, but, um. It was fine. Yeah. But I, I like her. I think she's a really funny character in a lot of things that she plays. And she's very cynical. So, you know, always like that. Uh, and then lastly, I don't don't really have much to say about this character because she literally has no, she doesn't speak at all in this in this movie at all. But is Susan, who is another kid that goes to their school, mm. is played by Julia Garner, who is one of the stars of Ozarks. But she's just in the background. <laughs> she doesn't say anything, but I well, wanted to mention it. <laughs> at this time, she was probably not that well known. No, I I don't think she, I mean, this is way before yeah. Ozark. So. I know when I saw her, I was like, hey, it's that girl. <laughs> yeah, she's the, uh, if you don't recognize her name, she's the really curly blonde girl mm-hmm. that Jason Bateman basically goes into business with. During... I love her character in Ozark. Her voice drives me crazy. Well, you know, but it's what the character calls for. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, that's it. Awesome. All right, time for Who Said It? Her first quote is, the thing is some girls think they can actually change guys. And what's funny is that if they actually did change them, they'd get bored. 
See, if I say Charlie for all of these, it's kind of true because he's writing. This whole book is... Yeah, but that's not fair because I actually picked ones that were in quotation marks. <laughs> he said it again. I wasn't actually listening. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the thing is, some girls think they can actually change guys. And what's funny is that if they actually did change them, they'd get bored. I feel like this quote is very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go with Candace. Mm, Patrick. Mm. Next. This one's pretty. I mean, it's a gimme. Gimme. But I think there's two two correct answers, I guess you could say. Charlie. Us. Well, yeah. Um, we accept the love we think we deserve. Oh. Because um, Charlie does say it eventually, eventually but someone else tells him mm-hmm. that. And that is Mr. Anderson. Yes. I just think it's bad when a boy looks at a girl and thinks that the way he sees the girl is better than the girl actually is. Hmm. Hmm. Charlie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I just want you to know that you're very special. And the only reason I'm telling you is that I don't know if anyone else ever has. Sam? No. No? Trick question. Wow. It's actually Mr. Anderson. Oh, but I could totally yeah. work for Sam, See, right? that's what I'm saying, is that, like, you weren't sure about Mr. Anderson. <laughs> but, yeah, it totally could have worked for Sam. Yeah. All right. Your options for F, Mary Kill, again, unfortunately, the, the kids are underage, so we can't pick them. So your options are Mr. I F- mean, they all graduate high school, which is, you're usually 18 when you graduate high school. I mean, okay, but, like, the majority, well, technically, I would Charlie really like to marry not. Patrick. <laughs> Let me marry Patrick. Do you want Do you want the kids? No, it's fine. Do, okay. But just know that I would have married Patrick. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Um, there's really no many, not many uh, adult options, but your options are Mr. Anderson and then Charlie's mom and his dad. <laughs> so like the biggest stars of this, the, <laughs> oh, this yeah, movie. Oh yeah, the movie. Um, I will marry Mr. Anderson because he seems very nice mm-hmm. and involved. Um... I will kill the mom because she brought something really bad into the house. What? Her sister. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess um, I will go to the party with the dad. Those are my answers, too. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much else to say. Yeah. But you would marry Patrick, too, right? I would obviously marry yeah. Patrick. <laughs> All right. So. I would turn into a boy. Become gay and then make right. Marry he's so great. And he's love, worth it. He's one. Of, he's actually is one of my favorite like movie characters now. Mm-hmm. I just love him. Yeah. Um. We should, I wish he, he just was puts a, you in a good mood. Yeah. I wish he would have been like the star of, <laughs> of the, the film. <laughs> he's like the. Honestly, I feel like he could have probably played Charlie too. Oh, probably. That's how like versatile he is. Yeah. I wish I had a stepbrother that was like that. Like Sam hit the jackpot with the with the stepbrother. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So I was very interested to how, see how they were going to do this movie because the whole book is letters that mm-hmm. Charlie is writing. So we do get some of the voiceovers of the letters, yeah. but not really as much as I would have thought. Yeah. And it kind of is... You're okay with it? I, I was totally okay yeah. with it. And they didn't even come to like really like a... It doesn't come to much of a resolution of who he's writing to in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like really no mention of it really in the end of the movie. Right. So I was kind of okay with it. But the movie does start out with Charlie writing a letter to a friend. And he tells the friend that he's been in the hospital. And so we know that, you know... Charlie's gone through some things. Uh, But he writes that, you know, tomorrow is the first day of high school and he's really kind of nervous about this and whatnot. 
So then we go to the first day of school and we see a sister and her boyfriend, Ponytail Derek. <laughs> and we see this is where we get the the um, only sighting of Susan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he talks about how, like, you know, Susan used to be nice and now she's not. Uh, and then we also get Brad, who Brad is the uh, quarterback of the football team. And it's really sad because no one wants to sit with him. Yeah. Like that's everyone's like fear is that when you're at school lunch, no one's going to sit with you, you know? It's, it sucks because, like, I, I never had a um, sibling in, go to the same school as me, but I had cousins. Yeah. But it was the same situation. It was, like, you couldn't really, like, sit with them because it was, like, weird and, like, they were all cooler than me. <laughs> so <laughs> I just found my own friends. <laughs> I know. I wish I could go back in high school and just be, like, a lot nicer and more. I was so worried about myself in high school that I'm sure I was oblivious to people yeah. sitting by themselves, you know? Yeah. But anyways, uh. So then we see that Charlie is in shop class and this is where we get introduced to Patrick and Patrick is impersonating the shop teacher. Uh, and Patrick is a senior <laughs> while Charlie's a freshman and, um, he's taking a freshman class. <laughs> yeah. Because he keeps failing it. Uh, and we do get this whole scene in the book. That, I mean, this movie does, you know, follow the, mm-hmm. you know, the book pretty well. Uh, but after shop class, uh, we get, Something important because mm-hmm. the whole they, he calls him nothing because he's oh, like either yeah. call me Patrick or call me nothing. Uh, in the movie, the teacher calls him that. Yeah, it's like a friend in, or a, it, another the other kid. kids. Yeah, call him that in the book. I don't know why they changed that, but I think I feel like it had a little bit more like a punch to the gut when it's a teacher saying. Yeah, it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but then we go to Charlie's advanced English advanced English class. And that's where we meet Mr. Anderson. And, you know, he's asking him a question. He's asking the class a question and no one knows the answer. Uh, but when he comes around, he, he sees that Charlie has written, you know, the right answer on his paper. So, you know, obviously he's just too scared to like stand up and be smart. He's opposite of Hermione. (laughs) (laughs) He just doesn't want to stand out at all, which is, you know, the whole wallflower part is that you're trying to just blend in and you don't want to stand out. Uh, He also mentions kind of around this point that he wishes his aunt Helen was still alive. So we, you know, early on get the idea of there was someone else then in his life that was very important to him and is no longer there. Mm -hmm. So now they're at family dinner and Derek is there as well. And he gives uh, Charlie's sister a mixtape. And she, like, doesn't even care about it. And then gives it to Charlie. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Are they, like, actual tapes in the book? For some reason, when I'm reading it, I was thinking of just, like, a CD. But I guess Uh, it was... No, I think they're cassette tapes. I guess it was 1991. So, like, that was still, like, cassette tapes. For sure, cassette tapes. Yeah, they talk about cassette tapes and then records, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. By the time I was in high school, those things were not a thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, So now we're back at school and we see that Charlie's, you know, starting to really get bullied at school and that he's even taking medication when he's at home and he still just, like, hasn't made any mm-hmm. friends. It's interesting that they chose to actually, like, show that because I didn't get the vibe, really, that, like, he was, like, hardcore bullied in the book. No. Like, he was just kind of on his own, did his like own Like, invisible. Thing. Yeah, like, almost to the point where nobody noticed he was even there. Right. So I thought that was interesting that they made a point to, like, show that he was getting bullied. Yeah. I don't know if it was, like, to keep up with the times, because, I mean, bullying is probably yeah. but, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it just to, it, it made you feel even more sorry for him, I guess, I guess yeah. maybe. Uh, but he's at the, fo- he decides to go to the football game, and... 
Which I thought was kind of funny because I feel like there was a little bit of an internal struggle in the book of if he wanted to go to the mm-hmm. football game or not. Yeah. Here he just goes. goes. Yeah. And we see Patrick being completely obnoxious in the stands. <laughs> uh, but Charlie actually does go over and says hi to, hi to him. And then Patrick invites him to sit down. And I actually, I love the way that it happened in the movie. In the book, it was so like, I just couldn't picture him doing that. Yeah. Like, I think, I think in the book, Charlie even like makes a joke to them or something along yeah. those lines. In the movie, I think it's like, Patrick's like, aren't you in my shop class? Like, yeah. they, they kind of recognize each other and like that becomes like their you know, point yeah. of interest. Um, but then, so he's sitting down with Patrick and this is where Sam walks up and sits down and, you know, we see, you know, the, the light behind her and <laughs> <laughs> love at first sight totally. for Charlie. Uh, and they invi- invite him to go to King's and I thought it was interesting. They changed the name of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, it's, it's big boys, yeah. which is an actual restaurant that my oh. mom and dad talk about all the time. Interesting. Bob's big boy is like, a big thing in the Midwest. Maybe that's why they changed yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it's totally yeah. um I'm sure copyright, copyright and yeah. whatever. But I was like Kings was like not even close to where it was. <laughs> um but so now they're at Kings at the restaurant and they're talking about music and Charlie tells them that you know he wants to be a writer someday and he actually says like okay like how long have you two been together? So he thought Patrick and Sam were boyfriend and girlfriend. Come to find out they're actually stepbrother and sister, which Makes the storyline so much better, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think if the author would have gone with, like, it's this couple that, you know, yeah, that befriends him. Like, a weird third wheel situation would have been strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now he's at home and, or Charlie gets home from the football game and he kind of walks in on his sister and Derek fighting. And in the book, we actually kind of get we we get like the full breakdown of what they were really fighting about in the movie we we kind of just see her antagonizing him yeah. a little bit uh but she does it so much that he ends up hitting her right he, she's basically like berating him because he doesn't stand up for himself right, right. like he's not a manly man right um, and then he goes and does that to yeah prove that he is i thought it was very interesting that the author decided to go with like kind of like because, I mean, it is this big thing that Derek hits his sister. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a it's a bigger storyline in the book. But it was, like, one of those things. I will never say that a woman ever deserves to be hit mm-hmm. or vice versa. But, like, the conversation that they're having, it almost is like you, she was asking him. Like, you know, it was just one of those things, like, yeah. you can see how he snapped. It wasn't just more of, like, like more, I guess more so when we usually see stuff like this on TV. It's, like... It's the girl's like, yeah, like this girl's like this little weak character yeah. and, the, and the mean boyfriend. Like it was just one of those things you kind of struggled with it because you're like, okay, Ponytail Derek doesn't seem like a bad guy. He just kind of <laughs> snapped. Like, I don't It was just a weird, like I didn't know yeah. how to feel about Even it. Even more so in the movie because you don't get the context. Yeah. you just I just didn't know how to feel about it. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so Charlie actually, you know, sees that happen. And, but then at the same time, you know, his sister's like, okay, like, don't mention anything because she he goes back upstairs and actually sees them kissing mm-hmm. and you know making when, and making yeah. up and this is where we get kind of a flashback 
to Charlie scene and Helen and that she came to live with him, live with them. It was like when they were really little Mm -hmm. and we see her coming through the door and she, you know, it looked like she had been through some things and, and whatnot. And Charlie actually compares Candace to his aunt Helen and all of her boyfriends that she had, that she always picked the wrong guys. So now we're at the homecoming dance and I feel like we jumped ahead. Totally. Like this happens way later in the book. Um, (laughs) But we're at the homecoming dance and uh, Charlie's just kind of standing, you know, on the wall and we see, you know, Sam and Patrick dancing. They have this like great dance. The living room routine. (laughs) It reminded me of um, Ross and Monica in Friends when they do their little routine at the dance club. It was so funny. I love this scene. I could have watched it for like five more minutes. Um, But finally, Charlie kind of gets up the courage and actually goes and dances with them, which was really cool. And after the homecoming dance, they decide that they want to go to Bob's. And Bob, Bob is like... Someone who's graduated and just never left. Yeah, but is still friends with, like, the kids in high school. Yeah. So, and this is where we meet Mary Elizabeth and Alice for the very first time. They're kind of, you know, friends with Patrick and Sam. Uh, And we also see Brad shows up, the quarterback of the football team. And Charlie's like, he's popular. Like, why is he here? Um, And then Charlie's sitting there and freaking Bob gives him a pot brownie. (laughs) Like... And he freaking just trips out of his mind. <laughs> and but I love it. He's so like, and he's like, oh my God, I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny because he's, he's tripping, but he also becomes very like honest. Mm-hmm. Like he's just ready to tell anybody what he thinks. And, um, and he says all he wants is a milkshake. Which, same. Yeah. Same all the time. Uh, but Sam actually goes up and makes him a milkshake, which is cute. And this is where Charlie tells Sam about his friend, Michael. And Michael was Charlie's friend who the year before had committed suicide and that he shot himself last May. And, and I, you see Sam's face just kind of being like, Oh, because I think he says it so matter of factly. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, Oh yeah, he's my friend. He shot himself last year. And I think, you know, sometimes that's more of like a trigger warning than than anything. Well, and it's interesting. I think in the book, we just kind of get that in the, in one of his letters that he's mm-hmm. writing to this friend. Um, I don't think the scene between him and Sam happens no. where like he tells her this way. Um, I think because most of the students knew yeah. about Michael, knew yeah. that he had killed himself. So it's interesting that they chose to like show it or portray it this way in the movie. It, it hits a little bit harder because, you know, yeah. he likes Sam, obviously, and, and is sharing this like vulnerable moment with him, with her, and not even realizing. Yeah. Uh, but so after they have the milkshake, they kind of go back downstairs and the kids are all sitting together. And you see that Sam is telling Patrick what Charlie just told her. And it kind of triggers Patrick being like, all right, I think we need to be a little bit more sensitive with this kid. Mm-hmm. Like, let's kind of make him feel welcome so they toast to him (laughs) kudos to them for acknowledging that and like recognizing that because i mean yes they're seniors so they Mm -hmm. should be a little bit more you know mature but i think about the people at my school the seniors at my school and like never in a million years would like somebody had been that 
understanding enough yeah. to like do that. Well, and they introduce him as, you know, their new friends and welcome to the island of mis- misfit toys, yeah. which isn't that line doesn't happen in the book, but I love that they added mm-hmm. it in the movie. So now they're driving home from the party and they're driving through this tunnel. And did you get the impression that I feel like this tunnel was like way more important in the movie or predominant than I picked up on in the book, at least? I only know it because I watched the movie first. I yeah. knew that it like started and ended with it, essentially. Yeah, so. it, it just kind of, I don't know. It, I feel like it symbolizes so much in the movie and in the book, I just... It gets lost. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot gets lost on me in this book. Um, But they're driving through this tunnel and the perfect song comes on and Sam stands up in the, stands up in the back of the truck. And, you know, as they're driving, she's, you know, flying, doing (laughs) doing the Kate Winslet in the Titanic. (laughs) Um, But they don't know exactly what song it is. They, none of them know exactly, but evidently I guess some of the critics were really mad about it because it's like a really well-known song, I guess. Oh. It's like a, I don't know if it, they said it's a David Bowie song or something, but like, they're like, this is a song that everyone should know. <laughs> but I think the director came back and was like, yeah, but when you're a teenage kid, you're not going to know it. I don't even know that song. Right. <laughs> um, but at this point, this is where Charlie says that he feels infinite. And, you know, he just feels like, okay, things are starting to get better. I have friends. I can do anything. And so now he's writing another letter to his friend and he's listening um, to a bunch of songs that Sam had recommended that he listens to. And then we see kind of a, you know, that he's back in school and that his English teacher is giving him all these books to write and these essays um, to, to write after he reads the books. And he actually mentions, uh, Mr. Anderson mentions in here that him and his wife might move in the book. He's not married. I think they're just boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. And then he's going to like propose at like the end yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I felt like the, like, again, we got totally the book stuff where he was getting these books constantly from mm-hmm. Mr. Anderson. You miss all of that in the movie. Yeah. It barely gets well, mentioned. Well, and it's interesting because you kind of notice, um, I don't know if you did, but like at the beginning with his letters, they were like run on sentences mm-hmm. and they just were like jumbles of like um, right. his thoughts. But as he's writing these reports for Mr. Anderson, mm-hmm. his his English and his writing skills become even better. So you see that in his actual letters to yeah. this friend as the book goes yeah. on. So I really, really like it that. Gets, the book gets easier to read right, as you exactly. go on. Yeah. I think that's why it took me so long because it, <laughs> it gets it takes a while to get to that well, point. I, I commend the author for doing that because it's like you actually see the progression of his, mm-hmm. his writing skills, which I really like. Yeah. Uh, but we also see, you know, he now has friends at lunch and, you know, he's really kind of adapting to, to high school. And this is also where we get introduced that um, this group of friends does something called Punk Rocky, which is the Rocky Horror Picture Show that they put on at the local theater. And I was so happy that they kept this mm-hmm. in because I was like, this could have been something that they decided to cut out of yeah. the film for time. But I was so happy that they left it in. Um, but we also find out right about this time that... Again, a lot of this comes like more in like a montage type style in the movie. But we find out that Patrick um, has been seeing Brad, the quarterback of the football team for the past year, and that Brad like really loves Patrick and that he used to like only hook up with him when he was drunk. But then Patrick kind of worked through things with him. But it has to be a complete secret. Mm -hmm. Like Brad's not out. His parents wouldn't allow it. There's no way. And then um, we also get... We also get mentioned that Sam has this like 
really bad reputation as well that the upperclassmen when she was a freshman used to get her really drunk and you know rumors fly but like you don't know one way or the other if it's it's it doesn't really get mentioned or talked about it's just kind of a passing yeah thing in the movie Uh, in the book too it's it's i think candace his sister kind of says it like um yeah like the rumor is that like when she was younger she's had some yeah experience essentially yeah um but other than that there's really no other mention of it and then this is also where like charlie is really starting to like sam like he always had was like infatuated with Mm -hmm. her but you really start to tell right about now like he loves her uh and then we finally get to see this uh rocky horror picture show that they put on and patrick is the lead and he is just fabulous it was to your point about glad that they kept it in there it like it exceeded my expectations of so the description great. of the book. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. And then after the show, um, there's a party at Craig's. And Craig is another postgraduate mm-hmm. who is in college. And he does photography. There's like this very beautiful picture of Sam that he has hanging up. And uh, and also at this party, we find out this, this, I believe, got added to it. That Sam is like really struggling with mm-hmm. SATs and that she did horrible uh, and that she's trying to get into Penn State. That doesn't happen in the book. Like, Correct. We just find out that she goes to Penn State. Eventually, at the end, we find out. Um, yeah, like this whole storyline of like she's struggling through school and like Charlie offers to help her. I think yeah. it's just so they have a way to like get them to hang out one-on-one, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but we also see that Charlie made Sam a mixtape now because that's what you do to the people you love. You make them a mixtape. <laughs> Are you going to make me a mixtape? Always. Okay, good. It'll just more, it'll probably be like a Spotify uh, (laughs) playlist. (laughs) That's the new 2021 edition. Um, But we also find out, unfortunately, at this party that Sam and Craig are pretty much together. Mm -hmm. um, And that Craig is a total tool. Yeah. Um, That, the Craig and Sam relationship is way more predominant in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very just like mentioned in the movie. Which is odd considering how much Charlie like yearns for Sam and like how it's a struggle seeing them together constantly. Like we lose that a lot in the movie. It's just kind of like, he's like, okay, well he's, she's with Craig. So I guess that's that. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, but now they're at school and you know, Charlie turns in another one of these English essays to Mr. Anderson. And and this is where he asks him, you know, why do good people choose the wrong people to date mm-hmm. and it's like it's a great question well, i mean why did i choose the wrong people to date up until this point like and mr anderson <laughs> literally anyone could ask themselves that. <laughs> I know. well and mr anderson you know gives them you know this great answer of you know people date the p or they you know receive the type of love that they think that they deserve you know we accept the love we think we deserve yes which is a great line and i feel like i had heard it prior to this but maybe i was just remembering this movie maybe specifically. <laughs> but yeah perfect perfect description and i think an easy way that charlie was able to understand yeah. it uh but this is where you're saying we see charlie helping sam study for the sats this is not in the book um but yeah but just kind of strengthens their relationship in the movie but now it's Christmas time, which again, I'm so happy they kept my Christmas scenes in. Uh, and we find out that Sam loves Secret Santa, which who doesn't love Secret Santa? But they do it in a really cool way. They have, I guess, do you want to describe how they do Secret Santa? Yeah, so they essentially give like a 
present a day for like five days or something leading up to Christmas. And then they culminate with a, with a secret Santa party mm-hmm. and then they give their final um, present. And then at the party, the person that reveals like I was this person's secret Santa yeah. or whatever. We, we've done a sim- similar thing in our friend group, um, but we kind of just culminate at the party. Yeah. Um, and then we try to guess like who has who. But... Yeah. I liked it because they were leaving little presents in their lockers. Yeah, and I was, I was like, that was fun. Uh but we also see that kind of in the same, it's a little bit of a montage. We see that Patrick passed shop class and I loved it. He was like, if you don't pass me, I'm going to be here next semester. And the teacher is like, okay, you pass. Yeah. One thing it's, I loved is um, we get a scene earlier in the movie of um, Charlie's dad is actually making his for him. <laughs> yeah. And then he presents and it's like the most incredible right. looking clock It's like ever. a grandfather clock. I, know, I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that's like if I had asked my dad to do my project, that's what I would have done. Well, and then poor Patrick's looks like, uh, I think it's, is it a Van Gogh? No. You know, oh, the melting um, clock yeah. fo- or famous picture or whatever. Who is that? Is it Van Gogh? No, it's not Van Gogh. I'll think about you it. You know who I think. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, but we also find out that Sam also got a way better score on her SATs. Um, but now we are at the Christmas party. Where I remembered. Well, what? I didn't remember. I just Googled it. It's Salvador <laughs> Dali. I would have never came up with that in a million years. Really? No, you wouldn't have either. Well, I looked it up. Okay. <laughs> but now we're at the Christmas party where they're going to reveal their secret Santas. And uh, we find out that Charlie actually had Patrick um, in the in the um, book, we actually get, you know, we watch him put all the different presents mm-hmm. in, in Patrick's uh, uh, locker. But I loved in the book how Charlie was like, yeah, he definitely knows it's me. <laughs> like, as I'm giving him everything that, you know, would point to me. Yeah. We also find out here that Charlie's secret Santa has gotten him a pair of socks, a pair of pants, um, a shirt. And we find out that Patrick had him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually thought it was Mary Elizabeth because he thought these were really lame gifts. <laughs> but his final gift um, from Patrick is actually a suit jacket because he tells him, you know, every great writer should should have a suit. Yeah. Um, I actually pictured in the book that it was a lot more misfitted than it was mm. because they talk about in the book how they just got it at the thrift store yeah. and it's like all random I sizes. I pictured like like your grandpa's suit yeah. that had like the almost like the couch material. The tweed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it looked very nice yeah. on him. Uh, and then this part's really sweet. Uh, Charlie actually got everybody else a gift as well. He cheated. No, you don't do that for Secret Santa. Right. He cheated. I know, but he was trying to be nice. <laughs> he was trying he to be nice. It was so sweet and you could tell that everyone else was like, Oh, gosh, we didn't get him anything. (laughs) That's why you don't do that, because then everyone else feels bad. (laughs) So here's one thing that they pretty much left out of the the movie, is that Charlie actually gives Patrick something else in during the Secret Santa. Yeah, in the book, he actually um, gives him a poem that his friend who had killed himself, Michael, had written, and he actually recites the poem to the Mm -hmm. group at the party. Um, and then eventually um, they put it in their like newsletter or whatever um, yeah. and publish it as well. So I, I, it sucks that they didn't include that because I feel like that was such a like deep moment that yeah. he was like, he almost brought his old life into his new friend life mm-hmm. and all that. But I don't know why they chose. Well, to and what I took out from the book of it too, is that I'm not sure Charlie fully understand what the poem was saying. Yeah. Until the end. Yeah. yeah. And then I think his friends were like, yeah. Not sure this is something we should, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. But they totally take it out of, of the movie. You kind of see Charlie with a 
a piece of paper, but they don't actually talk about it. So I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's another deleted scene. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but we also see that Sam got Charlie one last gift and it's this really cool old typewriter. But of course she's like, it's up in my bedroom. <laughs> you have to come get it. And don't like, both Sam and Patrick give him this gift in the book? Yeah, it's yeah. like a combined gift. Yeah, she took thought. total credit for totally. it in the movie. So after she gives him the typewriter, they're talking in her bedroom and she asks Charlie, you know, if he's ever been kissed by a girl. And he says no. And she shares at this point that she got her first kiss when she was 11. And then it was actually from her dad's boss. Uh, so then we kind of, you know, a lot of things in this in this story, both book and movie, is more of a you use your imagination type mm-hmm. thing. They That's like true. allude to things. Right. Because uh, they don't really go into much more detail. But obviously you can imagine that it probably was more than that. Right. Um, and he also, and then, so Charlie starts, you know, talking a little bit more about his aunt Helen at this time. And, you know, the same thing happened to her and she turned her life around. So still you're, you know, aunt Helen, he talks about how this is his favorite person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, so anyway, so Sam at this point kisses him because she says she wants the very first person to kiss him to be someone that really loves him. So sweet. So sweet. Like so nice. I wish I had that. <laughs> don't we all? Like don't we all? Anyways. <laughs> uh but Patrick does give him one last gift and it's the clock that he made. <laughs> in a shop class for not this wasn't for a secret santa it was actually for charlie's birthday because charlie's birthday is on new year's eve christmas eve christmas eve yes (laughs) uh but now we see that charlie's brother has come home uh, from college so in the book charlie's brother is way they talk about charlie's brother Mm -hmm. all the time and how he's this big football star star, you know at penn state basically like a pedestal like they put him on a pedestal that yeah. clearly charlie can never like live yeah. up to and he's constantly like well my brother has this and my sister's really smart and like where do i fit yeah in type thing. well and in and in the letters in the book he talks about how he's not going to say who his brother is because that will give it away because everybody mm-hmm. knows him as right. you know his little brother uh but then we get another flashback of aunt helen and it's Charlie's birthday on Christmas Eve and she's going out to buy him a birthday gift. And you know, she's, she'll be like, this is our little secret. I'm going to go buy you your birthday gift. Because another thing that he talks about, he's like, you know, she was the only one that bought me two gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, one for, you know, my birthday and one for Christmas. Um, and he's talking to his brother at the same time, you know, now that his brother's home and they're talking and you see his brother's like asking how he is. Um, you know, he, and he actually tells his, uh, Charlie tells his brother at this time that he's going to ask Sam out on New Year's Eve, which I don't think happens. Don't I don't have think that conversation in the book. I don't no. Think. Another thing too, um, in the book, his brother and sister do not get along. No. And like in the movie, they're like, Oh my God, it's so great to see you. And like they hug and they embrace. Yeah. Like- <laughs> the sibling dynamic in the, in the movie is very different. Yeah. Like you, you very much get, especially when his brother shows up from yeah. college, he's very concerned and is like, how are you doing? Yeah. Asking him all these things. Like, in the book, like, his brother doesn't even come home, like, yeah. when he's supposed to. He's, and like, busy with his girlfriend that he has. Yeah. And and a, a scene that we don't get um, in the book or in the movie is that they actually go to, I think, his 
grandparents' house or somebody mm-hmm. for, for actual Christmas. And in the car, they get, like, the brother and sister get into a huge fight. So then, like, his dad has Charlie drive to, like, you know, uh, make things, like, more calm or whatever. But, like, we don't get any of his extended family or anything Nothing. like that. Well, and we don't even get Charlie getting his license yeah, in true. the movie. Charlie doesn't <laughs> doesn't drive at all. <laughs> because, and, and that was one of the things I was, like, confused about in the book for a minute. Because Charlie's a freshman and he gets his driver's license. But they do mention in the book that Charlie was kept back a grade at one point. Mm. Um, so he is older than than the other freshmen that in his class. Sense. That's true because I would not have. Well, I didn't get my license till I was eighteen, but yeah. <laughs> I would <laughs> not have people. gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so on Christmas Eve they do go to church, and then it kind of flashes straight. I actually really liked this scene. I mean, my mother would hate it, but it literally has Charlie going to communion, and as the priest is putting uh, uh, the. Um, the communion wafer on his tongue, mm-hmm. it flashes to him at the party and they're putting LSD <laughs> on his tongue. And I, the transition was really cool. It was but, really cool. Um, but so Charlie's taking LSD and he has, again, just a bad trip and he's outside and he's shoveling the driveway yeah. at his friend's house. I, I, I feel like this just goes to show. They always say like, um, if you're paranoid, before you yeah. are on drugs, like you're obviously going to be right. paranoid on the drugs. Yeah. And Sam comes out and tries to help him through it and have him focus. Um, this LSD trip is like way, like they go into way more detail in the book mm-hmm. because it goes on for a few days yeah. because he's like afraid that it's never going to end. Right. Um, but then we do get a flash to his aunt Helen and how she died and how she died in a car accident while she was going to, while she was going to buy Charlie a birthday present, come to find out that birthday present was a record. And that record is what he gave Sam on Christmas Eve or at their secret Santa Christmas party. So again, finding out that, you know, whatever Aunt Helen gave him was very important to him that he would give it to the girl that he loves. Uh, So Charlie, you know, while he's, you know, having his, really bad trip. He ends up like laying down in the snow cause he left the party and just starts making a snow angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cops end up finding him, you know, in the snow and they take him to the hospital. And I'm not sure. Does that happen? Mm-hmm. He, they take him to the hospital. Yeah. He does wake up. Um, or he doesn't remember waking up in the snow and then he, he similar oh, okay, to the yeah. movie. Yeah. He's just like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Uh, And so now Charlie's at school and you can kind of tell like he's not okay um, because he wore the suit to school that that um, Patrick got him and the kids are making fun of him a lot and he doesn't like fully understand. You can kind of just see he's in a a daze. Um, Maybe from the drugs, maybe just from other things. Unfortunately, I think the drugs are not helping his mental situation, which I think is the whole moral of part of the moral of the story. Um. But now we're at, you know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show again. And Craig, uh, Sam's boyfriend, is MIA. And he's also in this show as well. What a flake. I know. But Charlie (laughs) gets to step in and take his spot. And uh, he does great. He's Mm -hmm. awkward, but he's great. (laughs) And um, they talk about it more in the book about how, like, him and Sam, he doesn't really, in the book they talk about how, him and Sam kind of just goof off with it because they kind of have like a whole moment during this show. Like in the movie, it's very like awkward where he like doesn't know what he's doing at all. It's like when you think like, where do my hands go? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But he doesn't get to have a shining moment. (laughs) Um, But now this is kind of where Mary Elizabeth is like, okay, like I saw you in that corset. (laughs) 
<laughs> and thinks Charlie's kind of cute. So she actually asks him to the Sadie Hawkins dance. Did you have Sadie Hawkins at your high school? We had Tolo, What's which Tolo? is the same thing. That's just oh. what we called it. We didn't call it Sadie Hawkins. Oh. But Interesting. Because you know that song, right? What one? Sadie Hawkins dance. Am no. I? No. Okay. I don't think. You should keep going, though. Nope. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for anyone who doesn't know what Sadie Hawkins is, it's the dance that where the girls ask the boys. And so now they're at the dance and uh, we find out that Patrick and Sam went together, obviously, because Patrick can't go with Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Char- or Craig didn't want to go with Sam because he's over the high school thing. <laughs> But he's not over dating high school girls. Right. Uh, but after the dance, Mary Elizabeth and Charlie go back to her parents' house. And they're gone for the night, supposedly. And she starts kissing uh, kissing Charlie. And he actually, like, pictures Sam at one point while they're weird. kissing, which didn't happen no. in the book. They actually, like, do a lot more in the book. Yeah. Well, and something that we missed, too, at Sadie Hawkins when he's talking to Sam. In the book, you get, like, this... She kind of basically is like, okay, like, here's what you need to do with Mary, Mary Elizabeth, and, like, this is how you should act. And basically, like, coaches him into, like, Mm -hmm. what he should do because he has no idea. Yeah. Um, And we don't get that. So, like, he's – it's almost like he's going in blind. Um, And, yeah, to your point, they do a lot more in the movie than in the book. I think they comboed two different parts of the book into one because eventually they do get to a point where they, like, get physical and stuff. Yeah. Well, and another thing that they, uh, you know, hadn't – that they don't put in the movie is at one point in the book, Sam tells Charlie, like, do not think of me that way. Yeah. Like we are friends. Like she shut that down. And in the movie, they don't ever kind of close that door on these two. It's always kind of open. And you know, we'll, we'll get to it eventually is that they, they change the dynamic of, of these two quite a bit. But, uh, but then her parents come home and totally like ruin the moment. <laughs> he was probably happy about it. Right. That. I think he was definitely happy about it. But at this point, Mary Elizabeth is like, Hey, you're my boyfriend now. <laughs> like, like we're just going to jump to it. Like, this is my boyfriend. And, um, she's just kind of the worst, not the worst, but she's just not like she's very overbearing. She is. And, uh, Charlie just can't be honest with her. Like he does not want to date her, but like right. also doesn't want to like, you know, hurt her feelings, yeah. which is. He thinks this is what he's supposed to be doing, essentially, because Sam had told him, like, do this way, be this, you know, act this way. And Mm -hmm. he's just doing what she told her to do. But then he messes it all up. He messes it all up over a freaking game of truth or dare. That game game is terrible. (laughs) I know. Um, But before they start playing truth or dare, we do find out that Sam has actually been waitlisted at Penn State, which, again, doesn't happen in the book or if it did we just never get we just get mentioned yeah. that she's going there <laughs> I, I do know that there's like a struggle like she's not an automatic um, yeah uh like she has to go for the summer right exactly uh but <laughs> one thing that they did add here is that uh because in the book charlie Im- immediately says dare mm-hmm. but in the in the movie they actually have him say truth first and they ask him how his relationship is going and he just talks about how awful it is <laughs> I know for a second I was like, wait a minute, did they change? I was it? like, yeah, that didn't happen, but it was totally like a he was imagining right. it because he does say dare, and they dare him to kiss the prettiest girl in the room, and then he kisses Sam and not his girlfriend. Awkward, right? Well, and then we come to find out that there's history between Mary Elizabeth and Sam and girls, so it's you know was that prevalent drama. in the book? I don't re- really remember like them having a 
they mention it, but uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, but Patrick basically tells Charlie at this point, like, you just need to like stay away from here for a while, <laughs> like let it all cool down, which is, you know, Charlie, you know, could care less if he gets broken up with, but he just wants to have the friends, right. you know? So it's been about two weeks since he's seen his friends and we see it's now Easter time and they're at Easter mass, but there's also like a quick flash to Aunt Helen's funeral at the same church as well. And Charlie, you know, is trying to apologize to Mary Elizabeth because he thinks if he apologizes to her, then all of his friends will, you know, right. be friends with him again <laughs> um, because he's just like all by himself. It's really sad. I know. Really sad. Well, and you kind of see him starting to like, almost like spiral back Fade. to yeah. his old ways, similar to how he's, he's mm-hmm. basically said he, when Michael kills himself, he was, he had some struggles. And even before then he's right. always had some issues. Right. So now we find out that Brad's dad had caught him and Patrick together. So, and Brad's dad like beat up on him like really bad. So now they're at school and Patrick is walking through the cafeteria and one of Brad's friends trips Patrick and then Brad kind of stands up and Patrick comes up to him and is like, what are you going to do about this? Like, you're just going to let him do that to mm-hmm. me. And Pat and Brad's like, yeah, you're, and he calls him nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he calls him the not nice word for gay people. I'm not even going to say it. And then Patrick just freaking punches him, which is what he should do. Yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden it's, you know, four against one and Patrick is getting his butt kicked. But then of course, Charlie comes in and is like a freaking ninja. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Charlie comes in and knocks the boys out like really hard, but he's completely blacked out. Like he has no idea what happened because the next thing he knows, these kids are all on the ground. I like that um, he, the author chose to, in the movie, kind of show it as, as almost as if he blacked yeah. out. Yeah, you don't So we don't really see, see the fight. We just kind of see the aftermath and everybody's just staring at him like, wow, did you just do that? Like all by yourself? Right. It's actually like really scary. Yeah, it's like one of those things that's like the inner rage. You don't know what yeah. someone's capable of. Totally. And, you know, Charlie doesn't even know what he's capable right. of, really. Um, but they're outside of the of the principal's office and Brad actually thanks Charlie for stopping the other boys from beating up Patrick. He's a coward and wouldn't do it. Right. Himself. Um, but this did, but you know, silver lining, this does cause Sam and Patrick to make up with, with Charlie and is like, okay, <laughs> we can all be friends now. <laughs> Um, mainly because Mary Elizabeth is now dating Peter and Peter is Craig's friend. I love it. She's like, I just want you to know I'm dating Peter now. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but now we see, you know, Patrick is really like going through some things mm-hmm. and, um, he does mention, and we see that Patrick and Charlie are hanging out quite a bit more and Patrick takes him to the park and he calls it the fruit loop, mm-hmm. uh, which I was kind of surprised. I mean, I guess maybe because they're still trying to make this PG-13, but like we get kind of a description of what this park actually is in the book. Well, yeah. And um, Charlie actually has an experience. Like he has a, a, mm-hmm. an in- interaction or a, um, he encounters somebody. Basically, he is sitting. This park is essentially where um, the gay people in the community kind of go to like meet each other um, anonymously and like hook up. 
Uh, so he, Patrick takes him and Charlie's just randomly sitting at, at one of these um, benches. Some uh, guy comes up to him and lo and behold, it's like the newscaster from one of the local radio or um, TV stations. But he doesn't know that Charlie knows who he is. And so they're just like chatting and stuff. He talks about how um, he actually brings up Charlie's brother and how mm. he's a star and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, we don't get any of that. There's zero like... Um, and I think you're probably right. They probably just didn't want to show that for the sake of it being a PG-13 yeah. movie. But because then eventually they come back and like they even see Brad there again. Yeah. Like it's 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 interesting. Um, but while they're at this park, though, they sh- they share their suburban legends, which I love that they called that in <laughs> yeah. the movie. Um, but and they kind of you know share these like different stories that they've heard of people throughout their school. Uh, but this is where actually Patrick opens up to Charlie about you know what exactly happened been between him and Brad, um, which we already knew. So I wasn't sure why they then had Patrick reiterate it. Because I think Charlie heard it through the wire. So like he he was actually hearing it from Patrick, I guess. Um, But then at this point, Patrick, you know, kisses Charlie and then just completely breaks down. And in the book, this actually happens a lot. Like they go out Mm -hmm. numerous times and, and Charlie just lets Patrick just keep kissing him because he's like, it's going to make him feel better. Like I'm kind of just that body for him at, you know, at the moment. Um, one thing that they did change a lot is that in the book, Charlie cries all the time. Yeah. He's like, has these really bad panic attacks and he doesn't cry like at all in this entire movie, which I didn't appreciate because like, I feel like you kind of lose the intensity or like the the realness of like mm-hmm. what he's going through and the fragility of it. Yeah, totally. I don't so, know why. Not sure. Maybe um, what's his face doesn't know how to cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we then see that Sam has now actually gotten into Penn State, and we find out that Patrick is going to be going to UW next year. So it's becoming very much more like all right. They're leaving. Right. They're not going to be here with yeah. Charlie next year. Um, and then again, we get like this really quick like montage of like the next couple things. So for the school prank, Patrick ends up painting all of the shop class tools pink, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen in the book. I think they actually like put Kool-Aid in the pool or something. Yeah, I was trying to remember what the prank was in the book and I just couldn't think of it. But this was way cooler. This is way better. <laughs> um, and then we see, you know, like the last day of school. And this whole thing is like very drawn out in the book. Mm-hmm. Like we see the last day of school. We see, you know prom and all this stuff but um but yeah it is the last day of school and mr anderson tells charlie that you know he is gonna stay and he is gonna um be teaching there next year and he thinks that charlie can actually be a writer Mm -hmm. and in the in the book charlie actually goes over to his house yeah he invites him over um to meet him his girlfriend and like they have a full conversation this is kind of where he tells him like i feel like i need to tell you you're special because Mm -hmm. i don't feel like anyone else has told you that yeah um so I don't know that we needed that scene necessarily. I no. feel like that was kind of what this last scene with him was. Yeah. I do love that, um, you know, the, yeah, both book and movie, he tells him, like, if you, is it okay if I keep giving you books? Like, yeah. I want to still be your friend, essentially, yeah. which I really appreciated. Uh, and then we see, we get an added scene where at the end of school, all of the the friend group runs up the bleachers to watch the sunset, which doesn't happen in the book. And then we just get a really quick snippet of prom. Yeah. Um, in the book, we kind of get the whole prom experience and we find out that his sister broke up with Derek 
at one point. And then we find out that just very briefly that Craig has been cheating on Sam this whole time. Um, Jerk. Yeah, because in the book, it's like she finds out like at prom like that night or something. Yeah, so Peter is having like this internal struggle because he's actually because he's dating Mary Elizabeth, he's turned he's come to really like Sam as a friend Mm -hmm. and he threatens him. and He's like, I know what you've been doing. Um, Either you tell her or I'm going to tell her. Right. Um, But basically, yeah, he he forces Craig having to have to tell her and he wasn't even going to. I'm like, you're a jerk. Well, and then the next thing we see is it's now graduation and And in the book, Charlie hasn't seen Patrick or Sam in a very long time. Like he's like looking for them at, uh, because yeah, because after Sam gets, you know, finds out about Craig, like she goes into a hole and he, and he's very worried about her. Um, but in the, in the movie, it's just like, here's graduation. Everyone's fine (laughs) and, and happy. Um, but now it's the night before Sam leaves, um, for school and Charlie ends up giving her all of the books that Mr. Anderson had given, Mm -hmm. you know, him to read throughout the school year. In the book, I think he splits it between, between the two of them. Sam, yeah. It's all about Sam in the movie. All about Sam. (laughs) Um, but they're up in Sam's room and it's just, it's just Charlie and, and Sam. And she, you know, asks him, you know, like once I broke up with Craig, why didn't you ever ask me out? And, you know, he says he didn't think that she wanted him to. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, well, I wanted you, I want you to do what you want to do. Like right. you want to ch- take charge because in Charlie's mind, he's like, I was more worried about your happiness. Like I didn't want to be happy that yeah. you were sad because then that means I could ask you out. And I think that was lost a little bit in the movie. Yeah. Cause I mean, what you kind of understand is that Charlie's a much, very much a people pleaser. Like he mm-hmm. wants to make sure that he's always doing the right thing. Uh, even if that doesn't serve him. Uh, whereas everybody else is a lot more selfish. Uh, yeah. And that's basically what Sam's telling him is like, you should have been selfish. You should have just yeah. gone after what you wanted. Yeah. Which is like, how does this poor kid have know that? Like, right. what is he, how is he supposed to pick up on that? Right. So now they're in her room and, you know, when she says like, I want you to take charge, do what you want to do. He actually grabs her and starts kissing her. Mm-hmm. And they, they end up kind of laying down on the bed and it kind of fades out and you're like, all right, did they hook up? Did right. they not hook up? Um, because the next thing we see, we see Sam leaving and she looks very concerned and then she actually kisses Charlie mm-hmm. and that she actually doesn't, I don't think she kisses him goodbye in the next day. No. Yeah. And so then we get a flash of basically Sam had her hand on Charlie's thigh. Mm-hmm. And then we get a flash of Aunt Helen doing the exact same thing to Charlie. When he was a kid. When he was a kid. Basically revealing that Aunt Helen has been molesting Charlie. And I kid you not, I did not pick that up in the book. What? I did not pick it up in the book. And I, I, and I was like, what in the world? I was like, no way. I was like, no way. I was like, this is totally added. I went back because I was like, I got to go back and read. Yeah. I got to go re- reread the last chapter. There is one line in the book that if you aren't fully mm-hmm. engaged of what you are reading, you miss it completely. Interesting. Completely. Yeah. And I was so mad. I was so mad at this book because it mind numbed me 
for 200 and some pages. Yeah. And then you're going to give me one line that you hope I pick up on. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I, again, I have a different experience, obviously, because I saw the movie yeah. first before I saw the book. Um, I do think that there are subtle hints in the book. But if you're not looking for them, no. you don't. You don't really. Especially pick up on because them. it's so overloaded with. She was his favorite person. Mm-hmm. He felt guilty that she died because he was. Yeah, I yeah. do think that though that that's him internalizing it and like, like yeah. justifying it in his head. Yeah, thinking thinking back on it now, I'm like, okay, like I get it. Yeah, but. I kid you not, I closed that book and had no idea that that happened. And I don't know if that's just me just trying to get done with the book. Yeah. But I mean, I told you, like, I got half through this book and I was like, what in the world is this book? Yeah. Like, I was so bored. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it made me hate this book even more because I was just so yeah. angry that I didn't I didn't have that moment in the book like I had in the movie. I was like, oh, my God. Interesting. Like, oh my god! Like, it, was a, it was a very much an oh my god moment. Uh, I'm proud of you for going back and like trying to f- locate where in the book. Because I was like, because I, I was like, wait! I was like, how did they turn his favorite person into into yeah. this monster? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, a lot more stuff made sense to me after knowing that. But very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, so we get in the movie now. Charlie randomly calls his sister Candace, and you know, alerts her like something's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I don't, does that happen? She, he never calls her. No. Um, because the next thing, you know, she, in the movie, he calls her and she's like, oh my God, somebody call 911 and get into my house right now because she thinks that Charlie is about, you know, to hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Because the next thing that happens in the movie is that Charlie wakes up in the psych ward and he's been there for a while. Um, because I guess we're supposed to understand that he tried to commit suicide because he we they randomly show a knife on the counter before they fade to black. Like, yeah, it's very kind of ambiguous. That yeah, that felt very ambiguous for me too. But um, that's how it is in the book too. They never fully say, like, basically in the book, all they said that his parents found him naked on the couch. Yeah, and maybe and that's that's, it. that's by design. Maybe the author wanted to leave it up for interpretation. Yeah, I don't know. Because then, because even, and again, I even went back and read the epilogue because there's a random epilogue in this, in this book that should just be part of the book. (laughs) Like, I don't, it was just so, I don't know. I was just so not happy with the way that ended. Um, But anyways, because the book basically ends with him naked on the couch his parents find him the epilogue goes to okay now they're at the hospital which is the end of the movie and the basically we find out that you know charlie's now starting to remember everything you know and everything that's been happening at school and with girls and kind of coming of age has now triggered all these memories that he didn't even know he had right. um but the psychiatrist, you know, ends up telling his parents what happened. And obviously they're very upset. That's the part I didn't understand. Because in the movie they make it seem, or they don't make it seem, they, it is, that his parents were unaware. 
Yeah. And I feel like in the book there were there was a couple times where he had like asked his parents or like there's mention of like his parents like tell him like don't worry about like what happened to Aunt Helen or like mm-hmm. what that like I it, there were, it, it there... insinuates that the parents knew about it yeah. in the book versus the movie where they didn't know. Well, and I remember in the book now they were talking about how Charlie had mentioned he was the only one that cried. Yeah. That no one else like his his brother and sister didn't seem yeah. upset about it, which makes, you know, allude to the fact that either that was happening to them too, or mm-hmm. they knew about it or whatever. Yeah. So, but again, maybe if I go back and read this book, which I don't plan on, there's <laughs> things that maybe that are True. more like that. I don't know. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, we do see that Charlie is getting the help that he needs and he's interacting with his family. And then Patrick and Sam show up and take him to Kings and, um, you know, basically tell him like, it's going to get better. Like, we will make mm-hmm. sure that it's going to get better. And then they take him through the tunnel and they find, you know, the perfect song. They <laughs> found out what that song was. And then Sam Sam and him kiss kind of through the back window like they're a couple. Right. Uh, and then he stands up and he, you know, goes through the tunnel like Sam did at the beginning of the movie. Um, and it ends with him saying, you know, we are infinite. So at the, at the end of the movie, you're very much inclined to think that Sam and Charlie are together, totally. like boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's not how it is in the book. They don't no. end up together. No. And I don't know why that was necessary to add in the movie. I feel like it was, a, it would have been fine. Like we, I've waited this whole uh, episode to say this, like, I don't know about you, but I didn't know very many seniors that were friends with freshmen. Like, that was not no. something that was, like, common, let alone a, a girl who now is in college and then she's going to date a sophomore. Like, right. I don't know. This this movie does, or and a book, really, like, makes it seem like it's normal for, like, these college kids to be hanging out with these high school kids yeah. and to be dating them. And, like, it just felt strange to me. Yeah. So I like that in the book that it they kept it kind of separate and they, like... There's no real, like, ambiguity on whether or not they're together. Yeah. It's just, like, very much, like, they're going their separate ways. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly why they felt that either. Yeah. So, but that's how the movie ends. And that's pretty much how the book ends kind of, I guess, the same way. I think so. I think it's basically, he doesn't, I don't know if he says the infinite thing again. Maybe he does. Um, But, yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah. So, would you say the movie stayed true to the book? Well, yeah. I mean, when you're when the author, you know, directs and screenwrites the the movie, you're bound yeah. to get, you know, pretty similar in terms of content. So, yes, I would yeah. say yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I'm interested to see what you're going to say. Well, well, how about we go with you first, well, considering we already know what your answer I'm is. Saying, I'm saying the movie not just because I, I thought the movie was up until even to the end before the revelation was made mm-hmm. that I missed the entire yeah. twist at the end. Um I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I wanted more from all these kids. Like, I wanted it to keep going. I wanted yeah. it to be a series, and I wanted to learn more about these characters. I thought the movie was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought it was so good, and the book just makes me angry thinking about it. <laughs> and I hope and I hope that maybe I'm an, an anomaly, and I am the only one that's mm-hmm. ever missed that, but I just ha- find that very hard to believe. Because I am a slow reader. Like, you, yeah. we've said about this. Like, I take time with books. I read them, and the fact that I just missed it yeah i don't know i doubt you're the only person that has missed it before (laughs) yeah (laughs) um i am also going to pick the movie um i do like the book i think 
I had a similar situation with holes in the sense mm-hmm. that like if I was younger, I probably this this book probably would have resonated with me a lot more. Um I, I know a lot of people that have that love this book um yeah. because they read it as a teenager or you yeah. know, as a young um young adult. So I think if that were the case, then I probably may have like leaned more mm-hmm. towards the book. But to your point, this movie is so well done. Yeah. Um, you know, the characters are brought to life and you get everything, all the really necessary things that you yeah. needed from the book in this movie. So yeah. I got to go with the book. Yeah. Or, sorry, I got to go with the movie. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that like, even just the plot line of like the the outcasts and kids, like that's a plot line in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it just took that really dark, dark turn. Yeah. Very much shocked me. Yeah. I'm still a little shooketh by it. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. But All right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Booby Girls. You can also email us at theboobygirls at gmail.com. And like we said at the beginning of the episode, we are on Patreon. We have a couple levels for you. Our rom-com level gets you episodes at least 24 hours in advance. You also get access to our Karen reviews. And then our drama level gets you everything I already mentioned. You also get a sticker for joining. And you get a shout-out in a future episode, as well as bonus content like our booby serials um, covering the Firefly Lane series. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the booby girls. And up next, we are doing, we are covering a title that I was shocked when I found out was a book. <laughs> Same. Fight Club. Yeah. No idea that this is based on a book. And I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite movies. It's so great. Me too. Um, and I hope the book lives up to it. I hope so too. I had a conversation with a friend uh, on, on Instagram and she she was raving about the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a similar, you know, uh, comment. And she was like, I don't think you'll be disappointed. So Good. hopefully it's true. We'll see. Hopefully. Well, the fact that. By watching the movie, you already kind of know what the twist is. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's going to be a different experience, but I'm, I'm excited either way. <laughs> Maybe you'll miss the twist. <laughs> Maybe I'll miss the twist. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.